Welcome to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am, as always, your host, Doug Winters. So today's episode is going to be fairly short because I got my good friend Kate Edmonds out of a sickbed to talk to us for about a half hour about the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, now the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So once again, I really want to thank my friend Kate for... Uh, carving out a few minutes just to talk to us about this spectacular wedding that happened across the pond. And I wanted to congratulate Kate for uh, her son's recent graduation from Bard College, hence the theme music by Steely Dan, a very, very famous alumni of the school. Thanks again, Kate. So we are here to talk about the royal wedding. And I know that, Kate, you have been to Windsor. I actually went to Windsor last August for a vacation with my family, um, and I had no idea what to expect. Um, so it is a beautiful town, bustling market town, city, uh, obviously with Windsor Castle, right in the middle of it, um, Heathrow Airport um, over the top of it, <laughs> and I think the Queen's very patient with the noise, which must have come much later obviously, um, and Eton College is uh, across the river, a walk, a short walk um, from the castle. Fabulous food, riverboat tours, um, punting, golf courses, I, you know, it was, it was fabulous. So not what I expected. Um, I thought Windsor Castle was sort of out on a limb on its own. Mm -hmm. um, I should have known better, um, not... You know, I didn't know personally, but my great-grandfather um, was Queen Mary's dentist, and he had a practice at Bath, and he also uh, worked at Windsor. When you... Uh, I, I'm not sure when they did away with this, so don't quote me. Maybe the 80s, um, 70s, 80s, 90s, I'm not sure. There was something called Grace and Favour Houses. Um, maybe some of them still exist. So if you worked for the royal family like my great-grandfather did, you were given a grace and favor house on the grounds of Windsor Castle or very near in the town. And so my father remembers going to play dates at Windsor Castle, and I always thought that was a bit weird, and then now I, <laughs> now I understand it. Now you wish they still had it. Yes, yes, that would be lovely. What can you tell us as a guy, as an American guy, um, but... Also, obviously, very invested in the wedding industry. <laughs> yes. Well, one thing is that a lot of people were concerned that her mother seemed very lonely during the ceremony. I noticed that. Right. Because she was sitting by herself. Right. And she's so small. Right. She's a tiny little lady. So, so the thing is, what you need to remember is that she spent the day on the subsequent days, the previous days, with her daughter and was dropped off at a different entrance to the church, mm -hmm. all right? And she went to sit where the mother of the bride should be sitting. But she was in a, a sort of angel choir, throne-type situation. So we, whoever sits there, it, it does look like you're all alone. And, I mean, she did choose to come to the wedding, you know, alone, so she was sitting there. Um, I thought... It was really, um, I thought that Prince Charles uh, went out of his way to welcome 
um, the, their whole family and um, by walking, you know, the, her down the aisle. Yeah, I thought just, that was beautiful. That was that was such a such a you know to be walked down the aisle by the future king of England's not too not too bad, is it for a nice American girl? <laughs> um, and I just thought they were very very considerate of her family, uh, the best that they could under the circumstances, because there was a lot of yeah. backwards and forwards, you know. But we, you know, we can't choose our family always. Well, that's another thing is that, you know, with both of us been doing weddings for so long, you know, we know that there are family dynamics that go through, which you know, I just had a wedding recently that was literally changed from a sit-down wedding to a whole night of cocktails and buffets because they didn't want certain people to sit together. That's so, a good solution. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, family dynamics do play a part. And I just like the way that the royal family seemed to just take the high road, be really warm, um, and, and I think it was set a positive message to the to everybody. And everybody, you know, at the end of the ceremony, left feeling really good. Oh, that's great! Right? Okay. I think yeah. I think that. Um, I thought it was interesting that Prince Andrew's daughters, who got so much flack uh, for their crazy hats seven years ago. Right. Wore sort of Jackie O type, very demure <laughs> hats. Where and meanwhile, the whole congregation wore the the crazy hats that they they introduced all those years ago. So those right. girls really were trendsetters. Yeah. Um, they were called other things, but <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Um, a lot of people have asked me about her um, the Givenchy dress. Um, yes, and that it didn't, they didn't feel it fitted very well. Um, obviously, you know, many brides do lose a few pounds that last week. Right. Um, I would, I would think that she was under a significant amount of pressure. But with that said, I feel that it is not the English protocol or the British way, or maybe even the European way sometimes, to wear the clothes so tight. Mm. Oh, interesting. And she is a princess or a royal and uh, in a beautiful uh, chapel. So I think that it was appropriate and gorgeous. So it wasn't supposed to be slinky boudoir. Skin, you know? skin fitted. Yeah. yeah, no, no. We save that, save that for later. Um, I, think, I think it was good. I thought that uh, the nod or the huge homage to um, the Commonwealth and all the countries on her veil, all that. Oh, yes, tell me about that. With the oh, 51... Uh, I think it's 53. Flowers? 53 Commonwealth countries right now. The growing body is kind of set to um, come up where, as Brexit dies I, down... I was going to ask yeah. you about that. I didn't want to get political. Uh, but the, the Queen has supported the Commonwealth and visited all her Commonwealth countries and made it her mission, really, her whole life and done an amazing job to keep everybody involved. And I thought it was great that Meghan had that on her veil. Um, I think the Queen, when she got married, um, she had a veil or an overlay on her dress with, with all the different Commonwealth countries and their flowers. And then apparently Meghan added... Um, a floral for California. Like, I would never notice that if she was wearing a veil that it had 53 different types of flowers. You wouldn't know. You just knew that that veil was magnificent yeah. and there was flowers embroidered on it. And 
the veil took a rather simple, elegant dress, um, boat neck, just, just a beautiful classic dress. And then that veil just turned it into magic. You know, that huge oversized veil. Right. And all these embellishments. You, you know, you wouldn't need an underdress that was, was decorative or that would just ruin the whole thing. So I, I think less is more there. Um, I thought the flower choices and the color schemes were all probably the bride's own. And then they all made that beautiful story with the with the um, portraits, you mm -hmm. know, that that you that portrait that you have on your Instagram account. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. The only thing, you know, I'm a very pale skinned girl, and um, I prefer not to see little children in black. But they, the page boys, they were yeah. in those interesting sort of uh, medieval style black uniforms, right? right? Um, I probably would have made that navy, but they matched the um, the groom and the best man's uh, naval dress, you know, from their regiment. So, all right, so two things I wanted to talk about. The one was the colors that the people were wearing. Right. I know the bride wears white and everybody else. And I knew, Shouldn't. I saw Amal <laughs> Clooney had a yellow. Yeah. And, she looked um, fantastic, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, and and about his uniform being a military uniform. Right. So so um, it, it's interesting that so the royals seem to you go to their military uniforms to get married. Otherwise, they would be wearing a morning suit, the gray stripe, you know, and the, the top hatty one, you know, the you've seen. Um, no tuxedos in Britain in the daytime. Um, so they wore a regimental dress from the household cavalry. Um, the Blues and Royals, and um, his brother wore the same. Now, I don't know if he wore it to honor him or if I, I think he may have actually belonged to the Blues and Royals earlier in his career, William. That's like a Navy SEAL. Uh, absolutely. Or a Coast Guard. Or, That's exactly yeah, that what it is, yes. So and then, um, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of lovely wedding dresses, and then later the bride is changing into that second dress. And the question comes up, when do we change? Well, Megan had a perfect, the proper time to change. You know, she did her whole luncheon and her, her royal wedding in her Givenchy dress. And then she redid her hair, put her um, fabulous Stella McCartney dress on. He donned his tuxedo. I think it looked like it was a velvet tuxedo jacket from Savile Row. And they nipped into that gorgeous silver blue Jaguar um, as their getaway car. He became James Bond, you know, for, and, and that's how the <laughs> Brits all think of him anyway. So. He's a very cool young guy. Yes. Yeah. You know, the bouquets were fairly simple. The, 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 the color schemes were interesting. Early May is just, you know, that, that verdant green and that sort of beautiful spring blooms, I mean, amazing flowers. So there was no uh, significance in the royal Look, lineage I, about green, was I, there? I would think it was a ch it's a choice, you know, a flower choice. Like when you look at the picture, everybody was in, the queen was in green, her mum mm. was in green, uh, people were in pale yellow, pale green, um, through to the cream of the flower girls and the white of the dress, you know, so it's a story. Right. Um, 
adding the black elements of the dress and the, the pages changed the look, um, made it more a little bit more severe maybe, mm. um, but completely, completely gorgeous. I, I love the, the, the masses of flowers in the church and all those arches and oh, wow. Tell me if this is an interesting question or not. Um, <laughs> what part of the of your background as a as a Brit um, and the love of you know the, the royals as well? Um, do you bring to formal American weddings with the dress and the changing of the, the changing of the dress and or the color schemes? Well, the dress changing is relatively new. You know, remember you and I have been at this a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, a number of years ago, I remember that Dee Dee Geordie's father told me that, sent me a letter and said, um, you made us feel like royalty. So that was a really nice little quote that I still That's a hold dear. Compliment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's, an, there's a kind of etiquette, a guideline for fancy parties. And, you know, these, these once-in-a-lifetime events that is just ingrained in me and I instinctively know if it's good or if it's not working. You know, I, I just, I find it kind of mind-blowing a little bit. Um, and I love Oprah to death, but bless her heart that she gets to England and she suddenly realizes that she's wearing such a pale suit. It reads white on camera. And so Stella McCartney had to work all night I, long. I had heard something about this, that Stella McCartney was up all night changing. To, well, no, they created a dress, yeah. um, pink, actually in the same shades as that lovely piece of music that you uh, was, were mentioning, the uh, oh, Stand By Me. Stand by me. So all those people wore this wonderful hues of right, uh, pale blues and pinks and mauves, and they all worked together so beautifully, right? So... Uh, that kind of dusty rose pink is what they picked for Oprah. It's a shame that Pug, she had to have a dress made, you know, the last minute that nobody had said you cannot go to a wedding. And, and truly, this is a rule that is worldwide, all right? Never go to a wedding in cream, off-white, or all black, because all black is really, should be saved for funerals, for funeral, yeah. right? Right. Um, don't also maybe, you know, these kind of hues like bright red and things where you completely like a louder. You that, don't want to be in competition with the bride. Correct. That's the polite and elegant thing to do. Right. Um, and then you haven't got, you know, to deal with last minute faux pas and things like that. Um, that's where really good etiquette, event planners, protocol executives come in handy. I remember the first time we talked. And I said, is there a certain type of etiquette? And you said, yes, there's etiquette and there's not. Well, remember we talked about this. Yeah. They're just kind of soft rules. And they are soft these days. You know, they can be, they're moving rules based on society's whim. And um, they're just to make life easier. If you stick by those rules, you know, you get to the main course and you haven't used your knife already. <laughs> You know, it's just give people the space to move by you so you're not colliding and bruising your fingertips. You know, um, if everybody apologizes immediately when something goes wrong, if everybody tries to fix it, mm. 
just everything works a little easier. Yeah, yeah. You know, rather than sort of blaming or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that, I'm not going to get on the etiquette bandwagon. But talk about etiquette. The um, I heard that uh, Williams' children that were in the wedding were very, very helpful. Uh, normally, when I have children in the wedding, um, and of course the children were walk with the bride after the bride right. in English weddings um, as part of the story. And in America, they kind and when of... When you say the story, you've used that term a couple of times. What? Yeah, so, you know, when you're, when you're walking down an aisle, there's a, there's a, a visual story, right? So you, so you don't just see the bride, you see the bride and you see her veil and you see the flowers and the people in the church and you see all the little children behind her and page boys holding her dress and well, the whole thing's a movie. You and I were talking about that today, but um, for instance, I'm doing a wedding in the Hudson Valley um, next year, and we were talking about, so the guests arrive, and as they arrive, they arrive to music, and they arrive to drinks, and mm-hmm. and herb lemonades, and mm-hmm. you know, um, a tour of a mansion, and then they settle down for the ceremony, and while they're settling down, there's music, and there's music, that marks the way to the ceremony in the paddock. And right. um, and then there'll be a song and then there'll be a musical situation within the ceremony. And then, of course, there'll be a lot of music during cocktails. So by the time we get to the band, there's so much music already, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, that's the backdrop. The backdrop is a musical one. Yeah, it's a soundtrack. Yeah, what else I notice? Um, there wasn't anything I didn't like. I wish people would hold their bouquets a bit lower, more on their tummies and less on their bust, so we can see their dress. <laughs> right. Um, the hats. Well, we talked about the hats and the, the right. lovely sisters. That's um, right. The kilts. Formal. It's their formal dress. It is formal. It's like a black tie. Right. Um, but it's their clan, their kilt, their black tie. So that's part of the English. I would call them English. British. British, I'm sorry. <laughs> British. I think if you look on the imitation, I did see one national dress costume. You know, if you were coming in from Africa and you wore all the sure, oh right. So it's all acceptable. It's all appropriate formal attire. It's your best, it's your best duds. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that would be. And it wouldn't be black tie at you know middle of the day. Right in the middle. That's. It wouldn't be a tuxedo. Right. That would come out at sunset. Right. And so I didn't know that the kilts was part of. Formal, yeah, formal, formal attire. Yeah, um, it's your fancy dress. So, so what did you, what, what elements of that do you try to bring to the Kate Edmonds brand for a wedding? Well, that I thought brides- it was interesting, you know, because mm-hmm. most of the things that she did, because her American sensibilities mm-hmm. as a young woman, was tempered by the situation that she found herself in, in the royal family. What was good for me is my natural instincts end up somewhere where she is. So as, as I was watching it, I thought, oh, this is good for me going forward for the next two years. This is sort of <laughs> endorsing everything I like. So, for example? I, I would say that, like, after William and, and Kate's wedding, we saw a lot of trees in churches. And I would say there is a trend, and it's right. been going on for a while, 
of these huge either flower walls with green and flowers with arches, hoopers, the whole nine yards, right? Ah, okay. Covered a lot like she did on the inside walls of the church, St. Okay. George. Um, and this is on trend, what I'm seeing, what mm -hmm. my, what my uh, people want anyway. Right. And it's a very beautiful look. So when you were saying, all right, great, I can use this for the next couple of years. Well, no, it's just, it just, it, it won't be what I'm using. I, I'm going to use what I think the bride or grooms Vision. require yeah. or think they, you know, I, I try to find out what, who they are and then sort of amplify it. Right. I'm not into copying. So no, of none of my weddings are the same, mm -hmm. um, not even vaguely. So, but it was interesting to see that the American girl with the English prince came out sort of like the New York bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not every New York bride because a lot of over-the-top stuff going on and there's a lot of, you know, there's still the remnants of the do-it-yourselfer. <laughs> but that, that classy, romantic sort of girl that or, or guys they yeah. want they want a fine dining beautiful party and it, it's coming it's reading very similarly what was fascinating to me was that they seemed very contemporary in a very formal setting that that could have been happened during shakespeare yeah yeah <laughs> you know? on one side they look very sort of exactly sort of M mystical, medieval-y, yeah. but really as a couple, they're very contemporary, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, and I like the fact that they were kind of smiling uh, to each other, like holding hands. And like well, I did, see, I did see the prince perspiring during the uh, slightly lengthened sermon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't say anything else, though. Right, okay. <laughs> like, how, how is this played in the British prince, as opposed to American so, prince, same thing? I didn't really, you know, I didn't really look at it in the press much. I, I have to admit that I get a lot of my um, from your mother. Well, from my mother, yes, but also, you know, I stream the BBC or I watched on Channel Thirteen. The PBS did a fabulous job. I think they were very kind. I think they were not critical. I think they didn't make any. They didn't make a huge story of the family dynamics. They didn't make a story of um, any any tiny faux pas that happened, or and, you know, if anybody any mistakes or lengthy things. Or they just very took the high road, and it was a beautiful, elegant day for Great Britain. Who is the party for this, or is there a it's team? A, it's a whole. Um, it has to. Yeah, it's an amazing group of people uh, from the. From Buckingham Palace. And Stella McCartney and Givenchy, do they become like... Well, it's as Givenchy is as a woman, as a British woman running the house. Yes, that's right. Because everybody was like, why have a French house? But um, it turns out that it is a British woman. Stella McCartney, I think she lives here, right? She does, but she's... She's still British. She's still British because, you know, Sir Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you like the car? Oh, my God. I'm a big car person. That, that is my favorite car. I saw it in red in England about three years ago, and I just stood the there and drooled, yes. <laughs> that is the most beautiful car on earth, I think. The last names. It, they don't sort of, it doesn't... They don't use last names. It doesn't quite work the same. So we, we've got, what have we got? The Duke and Duchess of Sussex now. 
So she is now Megan, Duchess of Sussex. Sussex. So you can say to your daughters, you know, one day you can grow up and marry the prince. So many children on, all over the world say the same thing. It's just this time. It works. It, it's coming true. I think. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Doug. Thank you so much for coming thank to you. my oh, office. Oh, this was wonderful. This was wonderful. And I'm looking forward to working with you again very shortly. Absolutely. And um, let the music go on. <laughs> Thanks again so much to Kate. And um, don't forget to follow both of us on Instagram. She is at Kate Edmonds Events, and I am at Doug Winters Inc. Inc. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the word. Get all your friends to subscribe to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters, which you can find at Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts. So thanks again to my friend Kate Edmonds, and I will see you guys next week. Okay, enjoy. Enjoy.